and welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 4, Episode 9, A Study in 1 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today we continue into 1 Peter Chapter 3. Is there a godly way to suffer? Is there blessings in suffering? Well, what is clear is that the stresses of this world are not the last word. All right, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Back to verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Peter asked his readers a question. Now we know in verse 12... Peter already stated, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This verse, itself being part of a quote from Psalms 34, Peter is telling us that God's eyes are on his people, and he hears our prayers. And now in verse 13, we need to understand the time frame. Peter is referring to, as he writes this, as no harm will come to you for zealously doing good. Now, most likely, this is an end times reference to any kind of harm. God will vindicate his people at the end times. Peter's not saying that Christians will not face persecution and harm in this life, but what we may face today is temporary, and God sees and hears what we're going through. Now, suffering in our life will stalk us until our age is over. But God will see to it that we'll have this ultimate deliverance beyond this life. Now, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God also? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is continually with us regardless of the circumstances we may be enduring. Thomas Schreiner writes about Peter's point, 
His point was that no one can ultimately and finally triumph over believers since God will vindicate them on the last day. Verse 14 says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed, have no fear of them, or be troubled, nor be troubled. Well, guess what? Believers have suffered and even have been killed by opponents. And even today, they're still suffering and dying. But that does not change the claim in verse 13. Peter is saying that those who endure suffering for doing righteous acts are blessed. This blessing is coming directly from God himself. Well, how are suffering people blessed, you might ask? You know, suffering is certainly not pleasant, or it wouldn't be suffering. It's, suffering is not wanted, but the end of time justifies the righteousness that we practice in this life. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, it says, Jesus is saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. So what is Jesus saying about suffering? He says that they are blessed because the kingdom of heaven is theirs and the reward in heaven is great. Peter is saying, do not fear the persecutor or be troubled by them because God will give them their final reward. Suffering is happening even today for righteous people, but this suffering is certainly not the norm for most people. It was probably likely for many of Peter's audience because they were suffering, but it was probably mostly social, though there could have been some physical suffering. Blessings are coming to those who do suffer for the sake of Christ, if not in this life. Persecution can break out at any time for the Christian, and it's always a threat. Believers need to trust in God. It also has to be understood that present suffering is not punishment, should even be considered that. Perhaps even suffering in this life is even a blessing from God. And Peter is stating, if we suffer for righteousness, we should not fear suffering, but only fear God. Do not fear what others could do to you. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 26, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Peter is also alluding to Isaiah chapter 8 in this verse, and in the next verse. Isaiah 8, 11 through 12 says, For the Lord spoke to me thus, spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me, and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy, all these people call conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. Believers are not to fear any suffering that unbelievers may hand out to them, 
but trust in the Lord as he will vindicate his own. Verse 15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. In verse 14, we are to refrain from fear, and in this verse, we are to honor Christ the Lord as holy. In our daily lives, believers are, believers are to be honoring the name of God in both word and deed. We need to be honoring God with gentle and respectful defense when asked about the hope in our lives. It is also imperative to be able to explain the essentials of our faith in Christ and why we know that Christian faith is true. We need to be able to explain scripture and clearly describe personally what Christ has done for you. The hope we have should be demonstrated in our actions seen by others. This hope should be so evident in our lives that people will want us to explain where our hope comes from, where our joy comes from. This is not a defensive and hostile response, but one of gentleness and respect. Paul writes in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, there it is, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 16 of 1 Peter chapter 3 says, Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Well, 16, blending into verse 15, not only answer in gentleness respect, but adds with a good conscience. This good conscience is, as Leonard Goppelt writes, they have the certainty of living by faith without being perfect therein. This gentleness, respect, and now good conscience will speak against those who revile that good behavior, and they in turn will be humiliated on the last day. It appears that the persecution again is mostly social rather than physical, but Peter writes that they are slandered. Believers are encouraged to answer questions about our faith without anger, revenge, or sinful responses, but with the grace that comes from God. Those oppressors would then be put to shame. That may not happen before the day of judgment. I think Peter is telling us if anyone wants to accuse believers of anything, it needs to be something that the accuser will need to make up or be an accusation of just honoring God. Daniel is an example when he prayed to God in an open window when told to worship only the king. He worshiped God. Verse 17 says, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. We can look at this verse as Peter is telling us it is better for Christians to suffer when they do good than it is to suffer on the day of judgment for practicing evil. Why would a Christian be allowed to suffer in this life to begin with? I'm sure that's a question some have. Well, any suffering will be within the will of God for us. Some will experience more suffering in this life than others, and that will be God's will for them. No one is going to touch God's children without permission. Satan was only able to inflict Job when allowed to do so. We also need to understand that God's intentions behind suffering are far different than that of Satan's. Those who suffer for Christ will one day be glorified as he was. Now in our next episode, we'll be going through some very difficult 
scriptures, this paragraph that closes out 1 Peter 3. Now there's going to be a slight delay in the next episode, especially for those who follow each episode, because of a planned holiday. But we will get to that last paragraph soon enough. In that paragraph, we will see that there are three main points. Christ suffered for the unrighteous to bring believers to God. The other point is, by the power of spirit, of the Spirit, Christ was raised from the dead and proclaimed victory over demonic spirits. The third thing is Christ is now exalted on high as the resurrected and ascended Lord, and all demonic powers are subject to him. I'm sure you're going to find that podcast of interest. I hope this season four in the first letter of Peter speaks to your heart. I pray that this study blesses you, and I encourage you to spend time in God's word. That's so important in our lives. Biblical Tapestry is on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something from this study. God bless, and I pray that you're doing well.